0: Dan Martin on a Monday edition of Great Talk. You didn't know what day it was. It is February 26th. I'll admit I'm a little concerned going into this Great Talk. Normally, Marty comes in with a notebook full of potential subjects to dive into to break down Blue's third line, what happens at the trade deadline, uh, the Cardinals' spring training, Arch Madness right around the corner. What happens to Brady Kachuk? Normally, we get into all that stuff, but uh, (laughs) apparently not today. You come in... Usually loaded to bear or loaded for bear, whatever it is. But to no, the bear. <laughs> whatever. But you don't have a notebook today, so
1: I don't need one. Dan, Good. I decided uh, there's so much to talk about. I'm not going to weigh down this show. With that note, that page of notes seems to, I think, I think it distracts you. And I Not don't, at all. I don't want it to get in the way. Usually your knit cap does. Of some great talk. I almost wore my Scoops hat. Well, you should have. In the morning, I'm kind of in between winter cap, taking the kids to school, and then ball
0: cap. You do realize it's going to be close to 80 today.
1: I know, and I've got a knit cap on now. I, I like my Scoops hat because it's very comfortable. Thank you. But I can't find a hat that fits my... Large head, really well. I'm kinda like Willie Starder with those pirates. I just <laughs> I can't get a good look with a uh, and it's nothing against the scoop's head, it's just my head's too big, I guess.
0: Yeah. Well, I always yeah, well, says, Yeah, thanks. I, I think you look great, buddy. Thanks, pal. That's I told what I always you say to somebody.
1: You look great. You just say that and then you just keep walking. Yep. And you hope they don't respond. Correct. Walk by. Hey, how you doing? Good, thanks. Yeah, I was actually on my way to and then you're ten feet away. Like yeah, oh, great. Sorry, are we actually talking? You look great. Look just great. keep working. We could go in so many directions, Dan. All right. Uh we could talk about hats. We can talk sports. We can talk about life. Whatever you want to talk about. I just saw a headline in the post dispatch and it said Mason Wynn begins audition, and I'm like, wait a minute. I didn't know he was auditioning. I've I, got I thought he was already penciled in.
0: Well, I've got him even if he hits uh O fifty yeah that he would make the team coming out of spring training i think what's interesting about his situation is if he would get off to a really slow start in regular season play he's going to make the team he's going to be your everyday shortstop but one of the things with young players is that as you well know marty if they get off to a really i mean it's got to be a really slow start and you start to see signs of him getting mentally buried that's when you have a concern, and then you say, okay, here we go again. Tommy Edmond needs to play shortstop, and we're going to bring a guy off the bench like Dylan Carlson. He'll be your everyday center fielder or whoever you want to put in there, but one of those guys is going to play every day, and uh, you got to figure it from there because there's not a lot of infield depth at short when you look at this team. I guess Brendan Donovan could give you a day or two there, but you don't want that every single day. So I, I think that's one of the interesting stories that has to come out of this camp.
1: But he's not auditioning, right? I mean, that's no. I, I just maybe the that's headline. My, my whole point. Why no? But the headline said starts his audition. I thought no, he's he's the guy. Tommy Edman isn't even on, in the field right now. I, that's more of a concern for me. Yeah. And I think your point is valid that it can be a mental strain, even if they say, "Don't worry about hitting. We're not worried about it." the The best part is they don't really need him to hit. You should have enough guys, enough bats. I, and I'm not a Cardinal homer. I'm concerned they don't have enough depth pitching-wise. Cubs got better. They signed Bellinger.
0: That was like late-night Saturday. It was like a midnight dump. I don't think they're done yet either. The Cubs? No, I, I don't. There's there's guys out there. They've got money to spend, and their owner basically has said, this division is up for the taking. So yeah. if their front office can convince him again to go out and sign somebody, then you know even a Matt Chapman, somebody like that, they they've got a chance to do some damage now in the central.
1: Bellinger's only twenty eight, so my point God, is that's hard uh, to believe. <laughs> as good as he's been for a while now, and then yeah. as bad as he was, and he everyone knew he'd be a hit at Wrigley. Why they didn't bring him back sooner? I guess they're dealing with Boris, but the Cubs do that. I'm saying I'm not a Cardinals homer, but I do look at their lineup and I feel like if you've got Arnato and Goldschmidt, I know they're you know beginning a slow fade. Whatever you want to say about where they are in their career. Throw in a young Jordan Walker. throwing in contra- Like, all of a sudden, bat-wise, I don't think they need Mason Wynn to hit, which should help him a little bit. Oh, I, I disagree.
0: I mean, if you look at that team last year, they were in near the bottom third of runs scored. Now, I think part of that was how the team was playing and falling behind early in games, not generating offense, waiting for the big bat to come through. Um, but their offense has got to be better. I mean, there's been so much talk about the pitching staff and the lack of starters, lack of innings, and the bullpen didn't have swing and miss, which I do think they've addressed both. If they can stay healthy will be the question, but that offense was not where it needed to be a year ago, and I think it gets overlooked. You think it's overlooked, but do you think looking at – okay, this
1: is – Guilty by looking at the names on the back of their jerseys. Yeah. Doesn't it feel like they should have enough offense there? Now, Newt Barr missed a bunch of time. Contreras started slow. Goldschmidt and Arnato did not have seasons typical for them. So there's Donovan. A, lot, a lot of – Donovan missed a lot of time. You did have – by the time they were kind of out of the race, injuries became an excuse. But ultimately, look at the games played. A lot of those guys were way down. So yeah. health is a factor. But I do feel like that lineup – Pretty good. Should be pretty good. Yeah, right. should You're, be. That's Dan did a deep dive there with the run scored. I did not know that because I didn't look
0: at it. Well, maybe you should look at it. I You're should look at it. Sports director of Fox Two. <laughs> yeah.
1: I would like to apologize right now to the audience for not knowing that. Here's the best story of the week that felt like a throwaway item. ESPN.com. I think it was Wednesday night. Albert Pujols will manage in the Dominican Winter League next year. And I thought that's that's fine. Good for him. Makes sense. It's his old hometown of Santo Domingo. It's kind of, I was thinking even ceremonial, like, hey, Albert's back. No pressure, kind of fun. But then in that same story, it says Pujols would like to manage at the big league level, and this is a step in that direction. I'd never heard that. We talk about Molina all the time and how he's always managing. Had you ever heard that about Albert?
0: I knew that he wanted to come back and coach. That he, uh, I had not heard about the managerial situation, although once you get a taste of it as a coach, I think you want to run your own ship. And so I don't know how this precludes him from doing some of that because of the personal services contract. I'm not down and dirty on that. I do think that there is an issue with that, and the Angels have been steadfast on certain things that he can do and will do with the Cardinals and then won't do with – uh, the Cardinals, too. So if they wanted him back as a coach, I don't know how that precluded him from doing it as a Cardinal because of the personal – does that make sense? It's so like if you want to be a coach, it would be with the Angels. You're saying they could enforce it if they wanted. I, I but think, what If the Pirates but want to make them
1: their manager in a year or two, the Angels could block that, I, I sure.
0: guess? It's a personal services contract, or you buy him out of it. Yeah, it's not could, a lot of money, right? It's right. a million a year for you the next You could approach 10 years. the Angels and say, you know, we want to buy him out of this. I would assume that if he wants to coach or manage, that they would work something out. But now, are you can surprised you
1: that he wants to do it?
0: No. You're I, not surprised. No, I, his kids he are grown. He
1: $360 million and you're going to get on a plane to go to Pittsburgh on a Tuesday. I think I'm it's just, in
0: their blood, man. It, it obviously is. you got to think about it, too. It's been rinse and repeat for 25, 30 years of their life. Where starting in spring training and going for eight months, you're getting up early. You get to the ballpark. You take your BP. You get workouts in. Uh, you play the game. You may get something to eat afterwards, and then it's the next day. You start over. Yeah, that's why it's so hard when guys retire to figure out what to do because it's been done. It's been matted out, mapped out. Excuse me, um, for so many years that it's just tough to walk away from. So. The other part of this is the competitive itch that these guys played at at a high level, and then all of a sudden that's done, that's gone. I think they want it. They miss it, and there's got to be something to fill the void, so coaching, managing is part of it. Now, I've talked to Ali about this. They approached – Ali basically said, if Albert wants to come back and coach with us, we want to have him. And those two are really good friends, we should point out. Yes, and if Molina wants to do it, we want him back. And I I can tell you, being at a couple of breakfasts, just he and I – it wasn't like he looked at it as a threat. He said, if this makes us better, I'm all in. However, I think the the narrative is that these two guys want to come back and manage. It puts a lot of pressure on Ali from the national perspective oh, of those that sure. cover the team. Like, well, here's Molina, here's waiting Albert. Waiting in the wings. Waiting in the for wings. Sure. And if something goes wrong, these guys are ready to go. Uh, I, I don't think it's like that. I think they give Ali every chance to to get this thing right. What's interesting to me is the first month of the season, I think if you come away 500 from that, you're okay. Now, if you're 10 games below 500 at the All-Star break, that's a different com- conversation.
1: I think the Molina topic was fascinating this offseason because he was serious about being a day-in, day-out coach, like being on the staff. Everybody said, why would he do that? And I said, I have no idea. And as we found out, that's what he's interested in. Ultimately, I think John Mozeliak was like, I don't know. This could be a disaster if we commit to this, and then he can't make the time. So they agree to this special consultant role, which to me makes sense. What happens? The first day of spring training, everybody's like, hey, where's Molina? Oh, he'll be here in a few weeks. He's and got, I thought these were the times that <laughs> I wanted him there. I know. I was like, wait a minute. This is the guy was going to be an everyday big league coach, and we've already got a little bit of a delay coming, which is fine. He's a consultant. It doesn't matter. But I guarantee they kind of saw that coming. Now, Albert... Doesn't seem to have, he's got a lot of celebrity-type roles with MLB and announcing, but doesn't seem to be, I don't know, as involved in other stuff like Molina does. What if they're both ready to be big league managers at the same time? Whether it's the
0: Cardinals or somewhere else. Do you think one could work for the other? I, I do. I think it'd be a package deal, and I think it'd be fascinating to watch. <laughs> Who would be the manager? Would Yachty's like, I'll be in charge. Here's uh, how I'd do it. I'd put Yachty in charge at first. If and this Albert's a bench coach. As of right now. Because Molina's done it more. Exactly. And then put Albert as a bench coach slash hitting coach. Not to say that he'd be the everyday hitting coach. Right. But you'd sit there with Albert. I'm telling you, there's a handful of guys that are savants that see the game Differently than than even the best pros in the game, and I looked at Chris Carpenter, Albert Yadi, um, Edmonds kind of had a Edmonds was a knowledge my other one. The game. People always dismissed because it was just California Jimmy. He was so smart, and those are the kind of guys that I'd want on my staff because they see the game differently than most.
1: What if you had a staff that had Pujols, Carpenter Edmonds Molina? Woo Imagine. Hey, uh Well, you we're, get instant respect. We're in fourth place, but we're gonna have a celebrity softball game this weekend <laughs> and
0: we're gonna kick everyone's ass. Like you get instant respect in that clubhouse, I guarantee you that. I don't know who would handle the media duties if
1: Albert and Yachty were the coach and bench coach and manager, because neither one of them loved that part of the game that's when you hire somebody to be your media spokesperson well
0: that's part of it though i mean yep. you'd have to learn very quickly that the media is there before every game they're there after every game off days you're you're commenting on all your team. the time It it's just it doesn't stop and that's one is, of the reasons some of them don't want to do it i it's think part of the job you just you lay out what the job entitles and uh and part of it is media relations, and it's a big part of it too. So if you're not up for that, then that job's not for you. No, I do. I wonder about that. People don't realize Tony LaRusso as much as he would
1: feud with media types, and he would. He loved it. He would sit in that office. It drove me crazy because especially the writers. Baseball is such a writer's sport. Always has. There'll be no newspapers left, and the, the, they'll still have the press box. It'll be the Toledo Gazette gets Martin's seat during the World Series, and <laughs> the Akron Journal gets Charlie Marlowe's seat. It just It's always been geared towards the writers, and Larusa especially loved that. They would sit around, and you know this, two hours before a game, three hours before a game, there's just like eight writers sitting there, and Tony's like, what else? What else? Yeah. And like the TV's on, and, and there would be dead air. Like nobody would talk for like a few minutes. Uncomfortable. Just weird. Like Tony's got his pen and paper, his glasses, working on a lineup, and nobody would be saying anything. And I would go in there sometimes waiting for him to come out, and it would just be quiet. Then somebody would say, like Joe said see the end of the uh, – Reno Open yesterday. And like, <laughs> it was so weird. They're just like in his workspace. And he's, yes, that was a hell of a putt, man, on 18. Yep. Yeah, And then all of a sudden, and, and Bernie'd say, hey, Tony, you know, uh, aren't you your pals with uh, Norman, Greg Norman, right? And then they would, and I'm like, this has nothing to do with tonight's game. It's
0: just a way to kind of get a comfort level right. on both sides. And they do it every single day. And un, it just, I do miss. Being a little bit of the fly
1: on the wall for those, uh, and because Strauss would especially poke Tony, and they were buddies, they got. A and long Strauss fun.
0: would work it to where it became a one-on-one thing. He'd find Tony or a player one-on-one where no one saw it, and all of a sudden you'd see <laughs> something huge in the paper the next day. Yeah, and, and if he was, he was in, awesome,
1: if he was in the scrum, Strauss would click that recorder like just so annoyed. We've talked about it, but it would click. Like, if a TV person asked a question that he thought was stupid, he would let, like everyone know, click, he was turning his recorder yep. off because yep. it didn't even it wasn't even worth his time. Get I get back
0: on him. He Man, he was a hell of a reporter. Yeah, He, he had was really good. Some, he had some good sources, too. And I
1: would, you know, I think, I don't know if Moe called him this or people in the front office, they called him Gloomy Gus because he would always take a, a negative slant. So I said, uh... Strauss's lead, you know, the first paragraph would be, you know, on a Wednesday in the morning you grab the paper and it would say, Despite a fractured clubhouse where the manager <laughs> where the manager's every move is being questioned and the star players are no longer responding to the hitting coach the team somehow cobbled together a 15-2 to two win over the Pirates. And you're like, Joe, they won 15-2. And if you read that whole story, you're like, you'd think the whole thing was the Titanic. What, what cracks like, me up Joe, right. we're in first place by 10 games. For now. Yeah. <laughs> so negative. So negative. I told you, when he was diagnosed, uh, and I should know, the blood disorder, but it was, you know, blood cancer types. Yep. It's all under that same umbrella. And we went... Not to make light of it, but so he was diagnosed and I said, Let's go to lunch. This is the year after Brian Burwell had died, and they were extremely close. And I was really close to Brian. So I took Joe to lunch and we went to a Mexican restaurant. We both, you know, cleaned our plates, and so like the food was fine. Meal's over, I pay for it. And he's like, Phew, bad enough I got this cancer. You just try to kill
0: me with this meal. <laughs>
1: Wait, a minute, you just ate the whole thing. <laughs> I paid for it. I go, now you're gonna complain about
0: it? Oh God. <laughs> I, I do miss- play golf with Joe. He was a stick. Was he? Yeah. People wouldn't realize that he was a good player. I really just, good player. I, I really enjoyed
1: the Joe Tony not shtick with each other. And I knew they got a lot one time I called the Roos in the off season. It was some question had come up, probably about Colby Rasmus or something. He's hey, hey, hold on, hold on. And he, like, passed the phone and was Strauss. <laughs> it was, like, in January one year, I said, what are you doing? He goes, covering this arf nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> he was out there with them, and he's calling it nonsense. Uh, one, one year, I think Stan was being honored at the White House. It would have been the Obama White House. I don't think it was the Medal of Freedom. I forget which one. And it was spring training, and I was down there. And, again, it was, like, awkward. People were just sitting around his desk, real small at Jupiter. And Joe's like, Going to buzz up to the White House for this thing? No, I can't. we got got a split squad with the Marlins, you know, big stuff. And Joe said, maybe if it was a different administration.
0: Because <laughs> I think
1: Tony's political friends tended yeah. to be more conservative than yeah. liberal, which surprised people, the California, long-haired, hippie freak, whatever people thought. And so Joe was kind of poking that theme. He said, oh, Joe, don't even start. Yeah. Don't even start. I was laughing my ass off. Because,
0: because it was just only Joe could do that with him on I, that topic. Uh, I want to switch gears. Okay, I'm sorry. Uh, I got off on a tangent. You did, but you had a long... That's s- why I don't have my notes. It's all right. I got some mental notes. Um... You had a long sit-down with Travis Ford, the head basketball coach at SLU. Kind of a wide-ranging interview. It's posted on the site right now. Uh, I'm sure you only use sn- some snippets for television, but then you went beyond that and repurposed it in other platforms. So what was your, your takeaway for visiting with Travis Ford? Yeah, and it is on the
1: site right now, scoopswithdannymack.com, and that is the beauty of the podcast, the beauty of the site. We can play the entire interview because in the immediate – well, okay, a couple things – the team's terrible this year, there's no doubt. People aren't going to the games. It's it's obvious Slough is having a crap year. What does that mean, big picture? Because traditionally, they've won 20 games. I've done the interviews in the past with Chris May, the athletic director, and with Travis, and I've always said, have you won enough? Yes, 20 games, but have you done enough? You know, like postseason-wise, tournament-wise. We've had those conversations. So this year, it's gone really sideways. So I texted him and said... I'm interested in doing an interview. There's a lot of noise out there about your future. Would you like to address it? You know, I think it would be a good thing. Of course, I'm lobbying it because I think it would be good TV. And he said, absolutely, I would like to talk about it. Because if you think about a coach, maybe he's on the ropes, maybe he's not, depending on who you ask, in a post-game setting, you're not really going to get into your future or the state of the program. Hey, what happened? VCU went on a 10-0 run. Hey, it looked like Parker rolled his ankle. All the minutia of the game. And then on a coach's show, this is not a shot at Bob Ramsey. We've all done coach's shows. That's not when you say, hey, you think you're getting fired? <laughs> like That's just not the nature of the show. So I thought if there's ever a place to do it. So I went down there. We went to his office. And I felt like going into it a little bit like last summer with Mosealock. I did something at the All-Star break. And I said, well, Mo, this will be our most uncomfortable interview we've done or unpleasant, unpleasant. And Mo, of course, said, how could it not be? <laughs> So I said to Travis, I said, we got a lot to get in. He goes, that's fine. Ask me anything. And so we started with what ha- I said. What happened this year. How did this happen? Really long answer. But he said, we weren't ready for the portal. We weren't ready for NIL. We do have a plan now, but we weren't ready. We didn't do a good job. And, and I don't know. We talked a little bit before, so I think a little bit is how do you get the money and how do you get it to the players? It's a little bit of minutiae there. But then I said, but you're when you're a college basketball coach, I said, you're the CEO, you're the GM, you pick the players. I said, so it's really, it's all you. And he said, 100%. It is on me. Later I said... So he's owning this. He's owning it, but the people that just can't stand him, and there's a handful on Twitter, that just seem to hate everything he says and does. Uh, just, they don't want to hear it. And then I said how, where are you? Are you concerned about being fired? What my wife does not watch a lot of my shows. She watched that night because she knew I was going down there. And she said, Oh my God, it made me cringe. I said, what? And she said, well, you asked him if he thought he's getting fired. And I said, well, that's a fair question. She said, Oh my God, that's so uncomfortable. And I said, so you're cringing. Everybody, uh, the people that don't like him said softball interview, terrible interview. Fair enough. But I did ask him if he thought he'd be fired. Uh, you know, I did say, who are you leaning on? Cause I knew he'd been talking to Patino a lot, which I think is interesting at the end. Cause he kept saying, we have a plan. I said, okay, forget me sitting here. When you meet with the administration, the president, whatever, what, what are you going to tell them? You know, what is in a sense, what is the plan? So I think he's owning it. But for a lot of folks, the one that I wish I had stated more clearly, cause I did say, should you be judged on this year or your eight years? How do you assess what you've done in eight years? And he said, we've had a lot of wins. We've had a lot of success. When I got here, it was really down. I wish I had followed up with, in those eight years, did you do enough NCAA tournaments, A-10 titles, things like that. But all of it was on the table. I think he believes, and this is what happens, most coaches, managers don't feel like, I can't fix this. They all think they can. Somebody ultimately decides for them whether they're the person or not to do it. Um I just, I don't have a, so I think it's interesting if you're a Billiken fan, I heard from some people who are prominent boosters, prominent alums who said, great interview, fair questions. I wanted to hear those answers that don't think he should be fired. So I don't know. I, I this whole thing about his buyout is apparently a stumbling block. I don't that know. that would
0: be the, the the big one for me, and I'm not sure if you were able to address that. What the buyout is? I've heard the buyout is pretty big. I don't have that confirmed. Yeah, I can't I've confirm just heard it. That.
1: You know, I, I tried to get it out of him on my own, and I did. I don't have an answer on that. Uh, but what's what's too high for Slough? Is it five million? Is it? Well, 10 you just million? said the
0: boosters are behind him. Well, and that's some. the other I'm part not all, of all.
1: But yeah, some some that are prominent. I heard from that I think I've also heard from a prominent alum separately who said, instead of giving him a check for $3 million, $4 million, $5 million, to just go away, does it make sense to put that money, if you're willing to write that kind of, if somebody's willing to write that kind of check, put it into NIL. Now, the argument against it is when they had players, higher level, Perkins, Collins, French, you had a pretty good team, Goodwin. Yep. Uh, one guy's in the NBA now, other guy's knocking on the door, maybe with Uri, when they had their star talent, They didn't do enough with it. I think Travis would tell you COVID really hit at the worst. It was when they had their best. That
0: That was the best team in 2020
1: that they had. Their best group. Their best group happened at a time when the COVID thing ended one season. Although in 2020 they weren't getting to the tournament. They thought they were going to go to the A10 and win it, but that's a stretch. So anyway, it's to me it's interesting to hear the answers. What happens next? I don't know. Chris May, I texted. To be thorough, on the Sunday when the piece ran on TV, I said to Chris, I'm doing something on Travis tonight. We talk about his future, whether he thinks he's being fired. Would you like to comment on his status? That's all I said. And then he wrote back like an hour later, thank you for the heads up. Go Bills. Talk soon. Which is a non-answer. Sure. But I thought I at least have to ask or give him the chance. So I don't really know what they're going to do, but I think there's a very loud fan base online who's like, they hate everything he says. Everything he does, I always think there's value in hearing from someone. I did say in the interview, shouldn't this program be a little more like Marquette, Creighton, Xavier, those kind of schools? And he pointed out, and it sounds like an excuse, and many times in the interview he said, this sounds like an excuse. But the A-10 doesn't really crank out bids like the Big East does.
0: A couple bids a year. If it's a really good year, it's three.
1: Yeah, I mean, one, two, maybe. So the Big East gets six, seven, eight, whatever, so it is kind of on the league to rise up. Brendan Weesey, my radio colleague, said, we were talking about this topic. He said, you know what surprises people? Slew fans even say, why can't we be like Dayton? And Dayton has risen up. They haven't made the tournament in the time since Travis has been, which blew my mind. Yeah, I,
0: that's surprising to I me. I think
1: of them being a tournament team every that's year. That's really
0: surprising. VCU is another one that they're, comes they're to mind. They're
1: traditionally good, yeah. So you, I think is even if your conference isn't great – it's still up to you to just own that conference, which Majerus had it. The Majerus bar is was very high because he had a three-year run, I count the Cruz years as the Majerus years, of making the tournament. It's tough to measure up to, but Spoon made it three times. Yep, it can be done. It can be done, so I understand the frustration that's out there. I'm fascinated to see what they do, uh, and Chris May. and I, I even said to Travis off camera, I said, who do you think – decides your fate and he said i don't know wow i mean, I mean he i mean he just said well, like, when you think about is it it the, does if, do if, prominent the boosters? boosters right the fits of the world you know there's i don't know if the Novellis are involved but that's a lot of money that slew and you know the lachlins are money people i mean i don't know who gets to chris may because if chris may needs to write a big check he calls around okay who's helping here who feels strongly about this i can see them parting ways I can also see them trying to... Like I, I'm with you. I'm in the middle. I can kind of see them spinning it. Hey, listen, this was a terrible year, but as you know, in basketball, you can flip it quickly.
0: NIL, we got transfer portal. We're going to yeah. dip into it. We figured it out. Now we're going to have a better sense of what we need to right. do. Right,
1: and the NIL thing is fascinating because as a coach, you can't even legally offer money. Now, I'm sure plenty of them do it, but you almost have to have... You don't want to throw your athletic department under the bus, but they have to kind of have... A structure in place, a plan. And so maybe and I don't know this. He didn't say this to me, but maybe in the building they just weren't prepared sure. to attack it. But I do think it's a bigger picture, it could get boring, this'll be you know, every sports in America, but what do you do with the whole NIL problem? I don't understand how it's gonna work long term. How many alums does Gonzaga have? And then versus how many Ohio State alums are out
0: there, Michigan alums.
1: There's no way you can compete with that. No,
0: you can't. I uh, I want to switch gears. MLS, they uh, they kicked off their season in MLS play this weekend. Crowds were unbelievable. The presentation was unreal. And then they came out and kind of didn't look very sharp. But I'm sure you were down there, or at least you had your teammates down there. You were on the back end, patting butts no, like normal. no.
1: This You're talking about me high-fiving the players before yep. they exited quickly in the playoffs, <laughs> a little-known factor in the MLS. Great year, fellas. We're getting bounced so quickly. Uh, I was there Tuesday, which was the home opener, sort of. Try explaining this to your news folks who are like, hey, it's opening night. I'm like, it is, but it's a CONCACAF match. Great. What does that mean? Try explaining that Kid. in a fifteen-second toss back to Mandy Murphy. Mandy, big night down here. It's going to be a lot of fun, but it's not an MLS game. Oh well, who's the opponent? Houston. Aren't, Aren't they, they in the, the MLS? MLS? <laughs> it's like, but this is a Champions Cup match. Oh great. What's that? Well, Concacaf. You heard of the Caribbean? Yeah, and Central America. It, it's yeah, for the for the uninitiated. I understand soccer fans all over it are probably annoyed when we over-explain it, but, but you, you have to. So you had the thriller on Tuesday, when our guy Jose Kajima scored.
0: He was just drafted. About that was, four minutes into his city career, he buries one.
1: And I thought this franchise sort of has this magic fairy yeah. tale. Like everything's going, and
0: here we go again. Tim Parker scores the first goal in Concacaf second
1: year in a row, the playoff
0: goal, and the first goal of the uh, the existence of the franchise. It's unbelievable. And then the actual
1: home opener with the MLS Saturday night. That's when they rolled out all the bells and whistles. Because the first game, CONCACAF ran the whole show. Uh, They didn't play well. They admitted that they played terrible, but they got Sam Adenaran, who scores late. Again, still kind of thrilling just to get that late goal. Absolutely. And get the draw. They call it an equalizer, Dan. Yes, they do on the pitch. Equalizer. So it's going to be fun. Everything at City. I did a sit-down interview with Carolyn Kindle, the owner, and Diego Gigliani, who's the president, GM, and I said, what do you do to get fans in the building that want to get in? that know there's no tickets? And he said, hold on. Right now, he said, there are tickets available.
0: Yeah, we've had a, we had a chance to visit with him, too. I was shocked. I think it was the morning of the game on Tuesday. and That uh, game didn't sell out? Yeah, and he said, well, there's tickets available. And I almost fell out of my chair. People the, are dying to get down there that haven't had the chance to get well, down there. Well, I think now this
1: is – what was the Yogi Bear line? Oh, nobody goes there anymore. It's too crowded. Because it's almost – People have a perception, oh forget I won't even try. Right. It's been such a tough ticket. And he said, if you go online right now on the city site, like from the team, not secondary market, where it gets jacked up, he said, We have tickets available for matches throughout the season. If you wait till five days before the game, they'll probably be gone. So yep. I, I did not know that. I was intrigued.
0: Are you uh heading down to spring
1: training? I am not. My colleague, Kevin Ryans, was there for the first week. I did not get to see the boys play catch, which is what people That's what I
0: always mean. say. It's grown men playing catch. catch yeah. And then and they're when they're showing start,
1: it on Twitter, and I'm like, really? I think one year I got... I think it was only once I went down there when they were playing games, and that was way more fun just to see... Because you could go over, do your interviews, and see Still them... Still get st- everything done. See them stretch, you know, high fives and pats on the butt. Get, go get them, guys. Go get them. But at yeah. least when the games were going... It's a little more fun. And that's what's going on now. We got Mason Wynn, who we talked about at the outset, had three hits on Sunday.
0: I'm, I'm looking forward to watching. Somebody said, who's the player that you can't wait to watch? And most everybody says, well, I can't wait to watch Walker and Wynn. And I said, well, I don't know, Victor Scott. Yeah. And he had a good game. Um, I don't trust anything that I see in spring training. He may come out and hit 500 and steal 10 bases. Right. And I'd still go, well, it's spring training. And when the lights turn on for real, it's a different story. It just, that's the way it is. Don't ever trust what you see in spring training. And for the longest time, when they had expanded rosters in September, don't trust what you see then. Because you're not seeing everyday major league players. You're just not.
1: Is Matt Carpenter on the roster no matter what? Like, if he goes 0 for 12 at spring training, is he on? I I don't quite know from them. Because when they brought him back, which surprised many of us, it was because of veteran leadership, all these things that you're going to want throughout the season. So, does he have a spot for sure? Are you clear I, yeah, on that?
0: I, I think it's set in stone. And the biggest competition for me is uh, the bullpen. And there's probably three guys available, four guys available for a couple of spots. And let it play out in in spring training. You have they also they they've committed to a six man rotation early. That factors into your bullpen a little bit because what happens to that sixth guy, once he's done starting, does he go to the bullpen or does he get option to the minor leagues? Uh, Libertor has options. You put Zach Thompson down there. I mean, it's if we learn anything from last year is that you better have depth, and even though there might be some guys that deserve to be in that bullpen they're going to be sent down to the minor leagues to be stretched out because if somebody gets hurt, you got to have them.
1: And you got a lot of names that were kind of around last year. Drew Rahm made yeah. some starts, and so he played or pitched on Sunday. And then coming down the road, who's our guy uh, from Toronto? Is it uh, Sem? I, I think believe. that's right. I think Roberson. There's an there's Robert- a bunch of Sin robers or i don't don't know know. there's a bunch of guys they picked up with weird names that will eventually yeah be part of the depth dan did you know we're in the pasta house studios i don't have notes in front of me to tell me this but we are in the pasta house studios kids eat free on sundays you know that PastaHouse.com. order online let them do the cooking for you everything's made fresh daily love the folks at the pasta house also triad bank great sponsor of scoops with danny mack all the Kill Coin conversations over the years. Neighborhood Friendly Bank. you got Appliance Discounters for all your appliance needs. TheApplianceDiscounters.com. Marie de Villa Senior Living, Corner of Clayton and Wideman Road. They've been there since 1960. And Dan was probably at the MAC this morning. the Missouri Athletic Club. It's unbelievable how many events. They had a boxing thing last Thursday. Yeah. Snuck up on me. Every night there's something I can't else. can believe they
0: haven't gotten you to MC that one. The boxing the one? The boxing? That would be right up your alley. Who would they get in town? Keith Shieldroth. I'm trying to think of who is our local Jesse Finney? Yeah. Jesse who, Finney does a lot of the uh, MMAs, I believe.
1: Who's our local boxing? I don't know. When there probably write,
0: isn't one. The AP, get somebody from the AP. When they
1: would write, like when Corey Spinks was red hot, who covered him?
0: I don't know. Remember when Tom they did that Wheatley? big event down at the Enterprise of,
1: Center? I missed that. Do you know I was at the Super Bowl that year? Yeah, it was right around then. And it was the Corey Spinks fight. Devin Alexander was on the undercard. Yep and who else, there was like, not ludicrous, but famous people showed up, right? It was a big deal.
0: It was a big deal. Everybody still talks about it. I want to tell everybody that you may not know who's on the PGA Tour anymore because they all jumped to live, but you will know... The folks at the Ascension Charity Classic, Ascension Charity Classic, not that far away, end of summer, ascensioncharityclassic.com to get your tickets. We're coming to you from this half of the studio, which is the Lou Fuse Way Automotive over Studios. There on that side. Yep. Fuse.com. Fuse.com for your automotive needs. Fuse.com. They are the best in town. And Lordo's Diamonds, your family's jeweler for life. Jimmy and Joe Lordo, they'll take care of you. They had a busy Valentine's Day, and they're busy right now with summer around the corner, a lot of weddings coming up, engagements coming up. Think of lordos.com. This has been a pretty good talk, I'm uh, telling you. I
1: just want a quick plug, file it away. April 5th, it's a Friday. Our buddy Kelly Chase, who's been battling leukemia, is going to have an alumni game. Uh, Brett Hull is going to coach. You're going to have former players like Chris Chelios and Ed Belfour, this game is going to be April 5th. Tickets go on sale this Friday. We'll talk more about it, but it's going to be a ton of fun out at Centene.
0: Oh, they're going to do it at Centene.
1: That's where the game will be on Friday, April 5th. Chaser, fighting leukemia. Put is that this... going
0: to cancer research? Yeah, or... they're
1: doing a fundraiser. I think the event is called Puck Cancer. Oh, nice. <laughs> and uh, Chaser's put this together. Like I said, Holly's going to be coaching. Uh, Barrett Jackman, former Blues players against... An NHL alumni group. I'm forgetting, I'm sure some of the names. Dirk Bentley is gonna be there. Gretzky. Sean Payton is coaching. How about Gretzky? I'm not sure about Gretzky. I think it's and, Sean Payton. I, I'm gonna find out and I'll have answers for you next week. But the Denver Broncos head coach is coaching the blues alumni. That'd no, be no, fun. I'm coaching the NHL alumni. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> What's How? the connection? I don't I Dan, you know what I will do? I will find out. I love it. This has been a great talk.